Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we're going to talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I'm your host, Kareen, joined by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. And we are here to talk about Season 3, Episode 13. Oh boy. Elon of Troyes? Close enough. Or as I like to call it, Taming of the Shrew in Space! Hi, <laughs> it was Taming of the Shrew in Basically, Space. Yes. Wasn't it? And guys... We hated this episode, right? Much, yeah. So bad. This has the distinction of being, I think, the only one to be written and directed by the same, are you surprised, dude, John Meredith Lucas, mm. who has written for Star Trek before, but this is like a double whammy of John. A too double John Don. Too much John. Too much John and also too much... I hate anything that is predicated on the notion that every strong woman essentially just wants a big man to slap her around a little bit and show her who's boss. Specifically to spank her. Yeah. Spanking is such a weird... Okay, everyone feels what they want to feel, right? <laughs> but I have always found that the idea of, like, I'm going to just put you over my knee and spank you really weird. Well, it comes up in a lot a lot in the movies in the 50s and the 60s. Even before, like uh in the screwball comedies of like the 30s, like that was something that happened on screen. Daddies spanked their rotten little girl. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, stop talking. <laughs> this is gross. It is we don't need it. taking a turn. It is and, and again, like even going back to the actual Shakespeare play there is spanking like it's is very really? much like a i feel like there was I, okay my there was figurative spanking certainly my there wasn't there a literal i've seen adaptations with literal spanking well, maybe the versions you saw <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to believe taming that. of the shrew my history of with taming of the shrew is i have seen a behind the scenes making of of some a version that somebody put on in central park starring raul julia but never actually seen the play and seen 10 things i hate about you 70 billion times. And there was no spanking in 10 Things I Hate About You. Thank God, no. No. Um, in a lot of productions, like, I think, even in Kiss Me, Kate, the musical, I think she actually gets spanked. It's a weird, weird, not weird, I guess. Oh, pretty transparent. It It is. It's sexual and dominance and I'm your big strong daddy and I'm gonna show you little girl you don't know your own mind and you don't want it but then you also do want to be spanked. like you can talk back to me but only up to this point that I'm not going to tell you until I literally yeah. it's a weird power play though yeah. right yeah um the thing that I did not understand is why all of a sudden out of nowhere, Elon was, like, in love with Kirk. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. she cried. He got tears on her and fell under her whatever spell was happening. Oh, no, wait. Not whatever, Kim. The super love potion. Yeah. So he fell under the super love potion, but she did too? Well, that's I, because he smacked her around. I thought... She was going to use that to manipulate him and, like, kick her way to freedom. Or, excuse me, stab her way to freedom. But no, she just fell in love? Question mark? Uh, again, it's the weird theme of that every woman who asserts herself and talks smack and, you know, stands up for yep. herself really just wants to be put in her place. Yeah. And once all that sass is beaten out of them, they're perfectly happy and domestic under underneath it all. Mm -hmm. Like that it's just all of that is just a veneer. Yeah, I hate this. Yeah, it's a terrible I I have seen many adaptations of Taming of the Shrew, including the three scenes in Degrassi, the reboot generation. <laughs> was Drake involved in that? Oh, I can't remember, but it was the one dealing with, like, domestic home abuse mm. and physical violence, which I was like, hmm, we all learned a lesson here. Um, but it's uncomfortable every single time. Every single time. Yup. Because the end of the Taming of the Shrew is Kate's monologue, right? Yeah. Which in 10 Things I Hate About You, they nicely circumvent by not really having it. Yeah. Which is for the best, because essentially... That is the best adaptation of Taming of the Shrew, well, let's is. all agree. She, it is. Ha she has her poem where yes. she's like, 
But it's more about I'm heartbroken. Yeah, it's just more like I'm heartbroken because I actually have feelings for you and you fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the play, all the dudes are patting themselves on the back about what a good job they done. And what the hell is his name? Uh, the guy, the spank, spank master, if you will, <laughs> calls over and says, I'm going to show you what a good job I did domesticating my little shrew. Calls her over and says... Let all these guys know who's in charge. She's like, oh, you're the greatest. If I put my hands out, you can tromp on Oh, them. I've seen... I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I remember that from the, the thing that I watched. I, maybe it was Meryl Streep playing Kate. And Mel, Meryl Streep and Raul Julia, I think. Sure. This was, like, from the 70s. I don't even remember why I was watching this. It was a thing. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard in, one to interpret. Yeah. Well, whereas in 10 Things, it's, like, basically... Oh, she was right all along. Everyone else was terrible. Yes. And Which they all come to realize it. Yeah. yeah. But it is, it is heartbreaking in any adaptation. And a lot of ad, like modern day adaptations are trying to make it funny. Like she's being sarcastic or being overly saccharine and sweet about it. But it is about the desecration of the spirit of another human being. Slash alien. Slash alien to make it fit into the box that you need it to fit in. So... In many ways, I guess this episode is a tragedy. Disguised as a not very funny comedy. Was this, wait, wait, wait. Was this supposed to be funny? It's an yes. Were. It's supposed to be hilarious. It wasn't. In no way, shape, or form. There Parts was... of it were very funny. Parts of no. it were very funny, but mostly they were funny because they dialed up her resistance to the point where she was like. Comical. Comically evil. Yeah, it was funny. And that part was funny. Yes. Because it's like, oh, well, she's being put in her place, but in a class way, not in a gender way, even though it was definitely oh, in a think, gender way. I did not think any of this was funny. Well, she is the worst wouldn't. royalty ever, though. She's awful. She's terrible that's, at this. That's the one thing. Like, Kate is fiery, but she doesn't act, well, maybe she does throw pots at people's heads. Just, she doesn't take people's nice gifts and, like, huck them at their face no. or just stab people. Because she's still a nice relatively nice human being and she understands she's also not like being married off to save an entire planet either yeah but okay but like no like the thing with my problem with my only real problem like you want to throw shit across the room and yell at people you do you man but she's a princess basically well this This should not be a surprise to her yeah no this is this is the thing this is where the, the the tension was for me was kirk has the line like if you don't want to be royalty, then give yeah. up the title yeah. and the responsibilities that come with it. Yeah. But then this also felt like a very young woman who had probably just been told by her... Well, I actually don't know how old she's supposed to be, but I'm assuming she was supposed to be young because it's Star Trek yeah, in the 60s. I she was supposed to be that young. But who was probably... Oh, yeah, I don't Not know. But who has probably essentially been told by her family, bye, you're going to go marry this guy. She's yeah. been given no choice. She's a princess. That's what princesses yeah. do. they're for. Oh my god. Like, yeah, terrible patriarchy, misogyny and everything, but that's your job. <laughs> like, the enti- the fate of your entire planet hangs on you doing this thing, and that is why you get the privileges. That's why we let royalty exist. <laughs> part, part of the thing that I, that I don't think was explored at all or not enough was... This was not, I don't think this was the course that her life was originally set out to take because she had another guy. Like they, they say at one point, the bodyguard wanted to marry her. She doesn't say she wanted to marry him though. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, he loved me and he probably would have married me. Shame about the whole dead thing. All right. See, that interpreted, that made me feel like she always knew she was going to be married off to somebody. It was just this in particular that she objected to. Which is fair. Like she's they're very green. They are extremely green. They are very, very green. And their hair appears to be drawn on. Well, that one guy's anyway. Yeah. We only see the one of them. Yeah. So really, this episode is about a state marriage almost going horribly awry. And I love a good, like, political shenanigans arranged marriage. It kept putting me in mind of the episode of Next Gen where there's the woman in the egg that that hatches too too soon. And Picard has to, like, her guy gets murdered and Picard has to, like, hang out with her. And she's all like, oh, shit, I accidentally bonded with you. It was Fem K. Jamsen. That's who it was. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 She doesn't doesn't even, we don't even meet her intended 
later in the episode, she wakes up and assumes the first person she sees is the guy, and she thinks it's Picard, you know, like a baby duck. Aww. Uh, but, you know, she forms her bond, and then Picard's like, ooh. Oh. Picard, however, knows how to fucking control himself. Yeah. yeah. That episode was a lot more restrained in the, um... Respecting other sentient beings front? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think this is the second episode in a row, maybe, that Kirk gets laid. Yeah. Not even, like, subtly dancing around, maybe they just made out. Oh, no! Not- they had sex! And not 100% voluntarily on his part. No. no! Yeah, Kirk's time. Yeah. This is very troubling. And yeah. she knows what she's doing. And I, I oh, feel yeah. like Kim, absolutely. I think she was slightly evil, but not evil enough. No, just regular level evil. When she kind of like cries on him and uses her woman t- womanly tears. Because as soon yeah. as he does that, she's like, oh, are you uh, I, I okay was, there? I was hoping, like, yeah, I thought she was going to use that to escape. And then she, like, bangs him into submission and then grows fucking feelings. I was like, what the hell? I think we're supposed to believe that it's modeling, that he is the captain, and even though there are things that he might want and that his instincts are telling him to do, his his duties and responsibilities come before anything and dictate all of his actions before feelings. Mm-hmm. I think that that's supposed to be what she sees. Is and he's that... a much better option than the green guy or the guard who may or may not. The guard was a straight up traitor. Yeah. The guard was a straight. No, we're not yeah. going to romanticize Hell him. No. no, I mean like, like if she gets romanticized, pick, she's skirt. going to pick. What? She what at least the guard was a traitor. He betrayed. He them betrayed them to the Klingons. Yes, because wasn't he trying to get away and take her away? Not, no, she wasn't he would have blown up the ship. She had nothing to do with it. He wanted them all to die rather than her marry someone other than him. Yeah, that was his plan. Which would have resulted into the The destruction of their entire star system. Their planets, yeah. So, congrats. Yeah. So, yeah, I love me an arranged marriage storyline. I do, too. It's my one of my favorite uh, romance novel tropes. Now, I didn't catch the names of all of these planets. We have uh, Elan and Troyes. Yeah. No, Elan is her name. Oh, Elas. Sure. Is her planet's Fine. name. Whatever. Fine. And Troyes, which is the planet she's being married off to. Um, but the first person we see is Ambassador Petri. I'm going to call him Petri Dish. Petri That's Dish, good. absolutely. Because he was a dish and I loved him. He was good fun. Uh, he is the color yeah. of Colgate toothpaste. <laughs> that is accurate. He has got this giant blonde bouffant hairdo that has its own center of gravity and then on top of this hair Kim I don't know if I'm taking away no this is totally fine hair is all about me I was not actually paying all that much attention to this episode to be honest okay but we need you to talk about his shirt and her shirts he was wearing a shirt oh Oh my god okay his shirt I'm going back to his hair his hair is this giant coiffed bouffant which on it is drawn hot pink swirls like icing on a cinnamon bun (laughs) yeah Oh, that was great. Yeah. He is them. glorious. His shirt was like one of those half and half deals where it's like, it's half sparkly tunic and like one sleeve and the side. Why one sleeve? It's like a, a bell sleeve out of some kind of, I don't know, flower, sarong, goo. silk fabric. It was very flouncy. The last time we saw a single bell sleeve, there was a knife hidden in it. Yeah, that would have been smart on his part, but alas, no. Yeah, that would have been smart. He is talking about... Like, this is the arranged marriage, I'm the ambassador, this is very secret secret, on the hushity hush hush hush. BT dubs gender essentialism, and their women have magical powers of seduction. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to say out loud. <laughs> it is an insane thing. And their women, it, it's even actually worse than that is what he says. As he says that the men are vicious and arrogant, which we've seen, like, and they have nothing to be arrogant about because their skirts are made out of plastic, rendering yep. them unable to sit down. Yep. And the women are special. They have sub- subtle mythical powers that drive men wild. Yeah. Those women and their mystical powers. Those I mean, women and their women ability do. to manipulate men's feelings. <laughs> yes. The, uh... Her guards, though, I mean... <gasps> their okay. outfits! Their outfits, okay. they're straight out of Flash Gordon. <laughs> Those outfits I did pay attention to. Thank you so much. Take us on Toad's Wild Journey. <laughs> I had to pause the TV and flail a little bit when they came on. They are just essentially wearing sparkly tunics that have got, like, very stiff panels of extra sparkle material stuck on top in, like, skirt panels. Tiny little skirts! Then they sparkle have... jorts. 
<laughs> yes. And then they have got enormous shoulder pads jutting mm-hmm. off, also mm-hmm. sparkly. And then they are wearing gold sleeve gloves. They yeah. start at the fingertips and go all the way up underneath the shoulder pads. And then gladiator sandals. They're phenomenal. They basically Amazing. look like somebody made like a very stiff um, tunic out mm-hmm. of cardboard and then covered it in glue and then sprinkled glitter all over the the entire thing. And like I could just see someone like banging one of these things onto a giant <laughs> piece of newspaper on the floor to get the extra off. It's mm-hmm. like a spaceman costume in a kindergarten play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. Deep question: Do we think that I thought it was plastic? It was. I think it was probably like was some plastic. plastic. Yeah, it was something stiff. It, it wasn't. Been. It wasn't yeah. made of material. Although that much glitter on it, I think it would have stood up on its own anyway. <laughs> I think it was probably some kind of material with glitter, like in it, or like yeah. industrially pasted on to start industrially with. Industrially pasted, pasted on. Pasted on. Yay. Yeah, it was industrially pasted it is. on. They're fabulous. Yes. They're amazing. They're fantastic costumes. I don't think we've seen anything that sparkly nothing before. Nothing that good. No. They look like the Fire Nation, but if the Fire <laughs> yeah. Nation were fabulous. Yes! If the yes. Fire Nation were fabulous, that is absolutely <laughs> perfect. Oh my god. So, this is her security detail. They're very imposing with all their glitter. Um, they beam up first. No, no, no. They beam up. And then there's the part where the ambassador's like, oh, it's the Dolman, the most feared and hated enemy of our people. And I was like, it's a fucking woman, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then she beams on board and we get the most, the grossest pan-up body oh. shot we've had in some time. It was disgusting. It goes up from, I mean, usually when we do, Star Trek does not do this kind of pan-up shot and... Like, if they do, it's more about the costume than the body. But this was very much because there's barely a costume here. Kim, take it. (laughs) Oh my god, this was like Nirvana. There was like (laughs) thirty seconds and like three fabulous costumes. (laughs) Okay, it is essentially a sparkly purple bathing suit. Essentially, yeah. It is like like cut around the legs. Mm -hmm. It had cutouts on the sides. Mm -hmm. She's also wearing. Purple gladiator sandals. Yes. Um, and it's just sparkly. And there's like two different colors of purple sparkle on this thing. And it's 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 a fancy bathing suit. Um, and then she is wearing a Cleopatra style rope braided wig. Yeah. And with like head jewelry of some kind. I think yeah. it comes like down a between. Band sort also of purple. She all matched. And yeah. silver gloves. <laughs> it was like the fanciest bathing suit pageant costume you've ever seen. It was amazing. Okay, I hope you're not going to leave out the the bedazzled knife sheath. She is also yes. wearing yes. her left arm. That is true. It was so good. She wears That's it for right. most of the episode. It was fabulous. Now, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge that while I tend to assume that any character coded as a person of color is actually a white person in brown face, this lady is actually half Vietnamese. So really, yes, really? yes. Um, her name is France Nguyen. That's not her. Okay, she was born like the N G U Y E N, which I am never going to be able to pronounce correctly. I think it is more like Nguyen than the way it's usually pronounced, which is Nguyen, which I know is wrong. Um, her name is France, and she's French. No, oh, well, which is amazing. Good, yeah. It's a great name, best name. And she was also a Broadway actor, and she performed. Mm-hmm. It opposite in starring roles both William Shatner and Jeffrey Hunter before this episode. Huh. She's pretty great. Yeah, I loved her. Like, yeah. whatever happens to this character, this, uh, France is her name? Yes. France kills it. Oh, yeah. France is amazing. France is, like, this role. fantastic from beginning to end. Um, my only other question about her then is, is that her real accent? Because she's speaking yeah. with an accent through yeah. the whole yeah. thing. But I could not figure, I could not place the accent. It's pretty much French. I could not place it. Yeah. Yeah. She is queenly. Very Cleopatra. Like, obviously, oh, yes. I think that's the visual yes. cue that we're supposed yeah. to get off of her. Is that yeah. she, and again, this is very, like... Julius Caesar and Cleopatra, like the meeting of the two politicals, mm-hmm. and like yeah. again, I I kind of like yeah, like your the Shakespearean overtones that are good. Here. It's just well, it's the it's and the bones. I don't mind slapping around some of it. No, no, because each of them get a turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone gets a turn. Even that, I don't mind spanking. However, mm. spanking, I think is yeah. The, like there's all these scenes in this episode where I'm like, oh, I kind of see where you're. Oh, and then you said one thing, and I'm down again. <laughs> yeah. So, um. The first thing she does, because Spock sort of leans over to whisper about something, and she yells at him. 
no, her guard yells at him, she did not give you permission to speak. And it's like, oh, now we've set the tone for the episode. Yeah, it's going to go down this road for a while because no one's allowed to speak and they have to kneel and la-da-da-da-da. You are not dismissed, you're dismissed. I think we could just quickly gloss over all of that. Yeah, pretty much. She's a very bad house guest. She's like the worst mother-in-law you've ever had. She's a very bad house guest. And now... It's a defense mechanism to protect herself from whatever is about to happen to her, which is that she's going to be married off. She's basically doing everything she can to resist the situation. Sure, and I see where she's coming from, but she's also royalty. Like, she's a leader of her planet, presumably. Yes, okay, all of that, but the thing that gets me is that we get no backstory about her other than she's a princess. Like, we don't understand, we know nothing about her life before she was been told she's got to marry this guy. Oh, I agree. Except that we also have another guy on the ship who's like, essentially she was probably going to marry at some point. Like, I feel like her life was just ripped apart and she comes on the ship very defensive and trying to get out of it. Which would be fine, except if she does get out of it, her planet goes to war and everyone dies. Which she sounds like she'd be fine with. <laughs> she never really answers that question, actually, and a few people ask it of her. That's true, like whether she'd be okay like, with Like, do you just... understand that if you don't go through this, everyone you know and love will die? And she just changes the subject, so it's really kind of hard to know. But I'm still going to come down on the side of, your royalty, this is what you get for being royal. Well, uh, with her, the char- like the story is not about what she is going through in order to like to do this diplomatic thing for her planet. It's not about her feelings. It's about, can Kirk tame her, essentially? Well, yeah. And that's what the story is. And that's why I don't like parts of it, because and I'm willing to give her a lot of Latitude. benefit of doubt, leeway, and, like, headcanon backstory. <laughs> well, that's fair. Because, but... like, we don't get anything about her in the story, is, which a story that should be about her is not. It's about Kirk. See, the thing I'm getting from that is that if if the conflict had been not I refuse to go through with this even though I'm already on this ship and if I don't do it everyone will die, and more I have committed my, I have resigned myself to actually going through with this marriage, but that doesn't mean you're going to tame me, then I would have been like 100% on board with your headcanon, but there's still a part of me that's like, okay, but if you don't go through with this, everyone will die, and I agree with Kirk on the one count that if you don't want the privileges that come with being royalty, then give it up. I guess it comes down so to it's how sort much of, you hate rich people. It, kind of a lot, usually. It goes back, I go back and forth on this throughout the episode. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Kim. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. I feel like she doesn't want to do it, and there's, there's the moment where she has her kind of teary confessional to Kirk, which I don't know how much of it is played or not, because she's trying to cry on him. Well, see, that's the thing, is the stupid teary confessional, if she had been playing him just to cry on him, and then she went all badass and got her shit out of there, it would have been one thing, but then she, like, falls in love afterwards. She seems to love potion herself with those tears. But here's the thing, like, it works, and it's seeming to work, and it has never not worked before in Mm -hmm. the past. Yeah. So I think... That is, in a way, like her, I I absolutely see where you're coming from, where the fact that she falls in love with Kirk is ludicrous. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. But. But I feel like she is used to getting her own way once she's, like, tears initiated Mm -hmm. and whammied someone, that she's intrigued by by the idea that someone could still resist her, have loyalties elsewhere and Mm -hmm. resist her because they have a greater love for something else i also think that her attraction if we're assuming that it's at all genuine i think it might just be like hard to say man it's hard to say that's the thing it's it's really hard to say it's hard to say and i don't know if she was playing a super long game where she's like oh no i really love you and so like you're not gonna let me go down to that planet and marry that other guy that right that was the other way i thought this was might have been going once it became clear that she wasn't gonna just like kirk's in love with me now make him turn the ship around and take me home yeah i was expecting her to like, well, I'm going to stay with you, obviously, because we're in love and we're going to destroy this thing that way. And they kind of, a little she bit. She tries it. A little yeah. bit. She definitely tries it. But, where she's like, oh, yeah. are you really going to let me go down and be possessed by another man? See, I read a lot of her parent feelings as a lesser of two evils kind of thing. It's like, hmm, he seems all right. He's malleable. I won't have to marry a green dude. All right, I'm in. I don't know. I, I I would prefer to think she was playing a very long game. In yeah. some ways, she's very pragmatic, and in some ways, she's really not. Well, my thing hinges on, yes, she does bad behavior, and like, oh no, you, you can't leave without asking me to leave. Fine, 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 fine. Then you stab someone, 
And yeah. that's where, for me, the line is. Yeah, me too. Like, beat him up, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slap him around, sure. absolutely. He's but being he told to you. But he almost dies. Yeah. And she doesn't care at all. No, she finds it funny. Yeah. Which... And, like, maybe that's a cultural thing, but, like, again, political concerns. Yeah, but she doesn't care. No, which makes me... It bugs me in a sense that it's, like, this is immature to the point of like narcissism like and again it's like she doesn't care if her entire planet gets destroyed but she doesn't like the trolls yeah green guys she doesn't like the colgates no (laughs) she really really doesn't like them yeah and if this is like supposed to be like a last dish peace effort between two people who like two groups of people who have been at war for do we know how long they've been at war for? Like, they whatever. actually haven't been at war. I feel like they're just assured of mutual destruction is what they say. Is that they yeah. could go to war and everyone would die. Yeah. So they alternate plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how about so, instead? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's again because we don't get any backstory or any real understanding of what her life is like etc we don't actually know what the current like racial prejudices that exist between the two situ- like the two peoples are well he thinks she's an uncivilized and forgive me savage is the word that he uses and she thinks that they're every time she looks at them she's soiled <laughs> so clearly it's not harmonious yeah so i i i but they she's not stupid. It. She's very smart. She un- she must understand what's at stake. I just don't think she cares. Well, then she's a psychopath, and I lose all sympathy for her. Well, but her hair is really great. Her, her hair eye is makeup really great. is astounding. She is cool oh, yeah. in every respect, appearance-wise. She has me. so many outfit changes, and they're all amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so... Kirk grabs him aside and he gets like, oh yeah, uh, can you drive back to Troyes really slowly so that I have time to teach her proper manners? And here's where I start to side with her. Um, so they're doing it at sublight. It was also, oh, I was going to say, it's a little bit of like Eliza Doolittle thrown in, but that's just basically oh, the same thing. That yeah. was my, yeah, again, yeah, that exactly was my other subtitle was My Fair Lady in Space. Yeah. But I landed on Taming of the Shrew because there's more spanking in that one. Yeah. I do not remember any spanking in My Fair Lady. I don't think there was spanking in like My Fair Lady. Like musical spanking? No. My I, I don't recall. Fair lady. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> I've tamed the beast. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. So what happens next is basically she throws a series of tantrums. I don't really, I can't think of another word to describe it. No, they are straight up tantrums. Initially, it is certainly a straight up tantrum. She throws a tantrum over the size of her room, and that it's not good enough, slash it's too soft. <laughs> my favorite part of that is that someone calls me like, oh, she doesn't think the room is nice enough. Oh, Hora jumps out of her chair and is like, the <laughs> She says that is my room. Yeah. It is a great room. Yeah, because I she very graciously it. gave up her quarters. And then the part where Kirk is like, "We're gonna go like sublight really slow." This guy's like, "The fuck you will! You're not gonna use my nice, good engines and beautiful warp drive." Scotty is like really offended that they're not using warp. Everyone gets offended by this episode, either directly or by proxy. Yeah. yeah, it's great. She is throwing a good. Fit because the ambassador's like, so here's your wedding slippers and here is your wedding dress. And she's like, I'm sorry, did you not get the memo? I do not want to be married. Yeah. Maybe. And here's where I just wrote, she is really bad at royalty. <laughs> also um, a not very generous gift receiver. No. No. And, and her return policy is poor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she receives the gifts and then hucks them at his face. My favorite one is, like, the beautiful piece of jewelry that is, like, this is the most important piece of jewelry that we have. Would you like to wear it? And she's just like, no. (laughs) I love it. She also starts throwing, this is so great, throwing feminine pillows, (laughs) saying, do you think I'm a soft trollian fawn? None of these female trappings. Ah, internalized misogyny. And then here's where Kirk has just sort of had it. He's like, there are no better rooms. And she screams at him. And and he's like, okay, fine. Look, how about I have the room filled with breakables? Since it seems to be the only thing that makes you happy. He really does enjoy all he of does. it. He does. My question. Um, her outfits throughout the show have very little in the way of 
Fabric. Fabric. So, <laughs> like, wouldn't you want more pillows so that your body wasn't, like, cold? Up against cold metal? And I would think so. Woods? Because, like, well, on... I was going to say, without knowing too much about their society, it sounds like they're, like, a society of warrior types. Even so warriors like, gotta sit down. Yeah, but, like, there would be honor in endurance. Being cold for no reason at all. Yeah. Like, sitting down on a very hot metal bench on a warm day. Like, just dealing with it. Like, suck like, it up and you deal. On the other side of that, it's like, if, if she's clearly royalty, it's like, the more frivolous her outfit, the higher her caste. Or the higher her rank. Yeah, actually, so in that stage, it actually makes sense. As do her frequent outfit changes. It's like, oh, that's a ridiculous outfit. I can tell you're rich. Her outfit changes. The like timing thereof yep. is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're about to be attacked by Klingons. Let me change into my being attacked by Klingons outfit. Yep. Hold tight. Yeah. I could not make hide nor hair of like, why are you in this moment changing your clothes? When she is shouting at him, she's angry at the consul. Mm-hmm. The consul of the people who chose her. Why the fuck did they choose her is my other question. Seriously. She is a... Maybe there was no one else available. They only had the one woman. Yeah. Who wasn't already married. I mean, oh, we only do usually get one female guest star per episode, so... That's all they can afford. Yeah. Although, surely they saved on fabric for this episode. They <laughs> could have afforded, like, a handmaiden. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's angry at the console because they chose her. Yeah, we don't have enough backstory to know, again, I think, how she was selected. Like, were these other, like, who are we going to visit? The Troyans? Were they given... Here is a selection of our finest royal princesses. Pick one. And they're like, she seems tough. Like, we don't know. We don't know. No. I I do love that the ambassador um, starts getting ambassadorial advice from Kirk. Yeah. Who is getting his out of the 1950s man playbook. Yeah. Which is, do a show of strength. Go in strong. Like Go in strong. Which leads to him being stabbed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So. <laughs> okay. Um, wait. Hang on. Where are we? Because this is amazing. I just got to the next outfit change and I want to talk about it so bad, but I don't Do know it. if we're there yet. Do it. Yeah, we're in engineering. Okay. They're getting a tour of engineering and she is wearing shiny silver bra cups. Yes. Covered, just the cups. Just the cups over her boobs with detached shoulder pads <laughs> and some nice shiny silver shorts. Covering the entire thing and sort of binding it together, you know, really make it outfit. Sort of black mesh. Yeah, it's it's, it's like it's like body. It's like skaters like illusion netting, but it's mm-hmm. black, yes. and all of the, all of the shoulder pads and bra cups and shorts are stitched on top. It's atrocious. It's <laughs> so bad. Now that you say it, it does look a lot like a skating outfit. It yeah. does. It looks yeah. like an ice skating outfit Even with knives. Yeah. Well, if you slap those knives to your feet, that's essentially skate. <laughs> the best part, they're in engineering and they're kind of taking a poke around for whatever reason. And Scotty's being like, mm, I bet my impulse engines are a lot bigger than what you see at home. And she's like, mm, engines are for menials. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Scotty flips a gasket. He sort of looks over her head at Kirk like, do I have to take this? Uh, yeah. And it's, she's like, and Kurt's like, could you, would it kill you to be a little bit more polite? And she's like, I don't know what more you want from me. I granted the permission not having to kneel all the time. Like, Jesus. What more do you want? I'm Kirk's touring like, your stupid ship. Basic courtesy. And she's like, I don't understand what that word means. And just pieces out. No, no, no. I would like to read you her exact line, which is, courtesy is not for inferiors. <laughs> And Kirk kind of be's like, there's there's no such thing as inferiors on this ship. And then she just flounces right off. Yeah. She doesn't even look at him. She just sort of starts walking and waves her hand for the guards to follow. Mm, so great. There's some kind of subplot with, there's obviously yeah, a Klingon where we find out there's a Klingon them. ship yeah. following them. Yeah. That's all we're going to not really say about that. Yeah, that's it's fine. not important. That's fine. Um, Kirk <laughs> is called from the bridge to a disturbance in her room where she has uh, not so much disturbed someone as stabbed. Stabbed. Yeah. Stabbed. Kirk kind of, she's standing at the door like, eh, what are you going to do? He goes into the room, finds the ambassador with a knife sticking out of his back, and he's like, yeah, boy. <laughs> That's what 
That's was funny. <laughs> okay, that was funny. Wasn't it? And all of her bits right here were like, engines are for menials. Mm. All of this is very funny. And Kirk's expression through the entire time vacillates between being very annoyed and very amused. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like, is that he clearly likes her spirit and yeah. likes her spunk. But unfortunately, after the ambassador gets shanked, he's like, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Which, in terms of work safe, is probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we have to crank up the pressure because they don't know exactly why this is so important and why it has to be so secret. Because this is a top secret mission, this very... The secret is very secret. It's secrets. very secret. No one has told them why, but they know the Federation High Commissioner is coming to this wedding. So it's very important that, you know, everyone not die of stabbing. And here's the thing, Kim. Yeah. When I when we finally get to the big stupid reveal, which I'm going to do right now, everyone's like, why do we care about these planets? Like, why do we care if they go to war? Who cares? Many people say. Turns out that they've got, like, dilithium crystals coming out the wazoo. And I was like, oh, fuck. Kim's going to say something about space capitalism again. <laughs> <laughs> yes! And it's Kim, in the making right now. It is disgusting. So the only reason why the Federation is interested in these two people's not blowing each other up is because they have something that they need. They don't care about the humanitarian well, they're already, at all. Because Scotty says me at the beginning of the episode, it's like, what's the big deal? These planets are already under Federation, like, jurisdiction. Yes. And no one has any idea why. And apparently the fact that they have dilithium crystals, like, just sort of lying around on the beach. That they wear as jewelry. Ugly necklaces. Oh, yeah. Ugly it's necklaces. Ugly ne- yeah, it's terrible. And they're just like, oh yeah, these are very common stones. So I'm like, why would you give the princess an extremely common stone? But whatever. It's her, like... It's a good Every luck charm. Yeah. Necklace. But yeah, it's, yeah. And that's, that's the whole situation is essentially yeah. the Federation and the Klingons are at like very silent war over these planets because there's a shit ton of resources that they want to get their greedy little hands on Which to is enrich also their society. presumably how they lure the Klingons into getting directly involved because it turns out that her head guard, Crichton? Crichton. Yeah, Michael Crichton, yeah. leader of Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> who wanted to marry her, was denied permission to marry her. Then sold them out to the Klingons. Um, presumably, the Klingons were only interested in any of this because if they, you know, I think start if they go war, to war, then they can swoop in and grab all the crystals and leave. Yeah. I don't know. That part was not entirely clear oh. to me. I, apparently, I tuned out a little bit. Apparently, you tuned out a lot. Cause well, because what can't. seems to happen frequently in this era is that if there's two warring planets. Inevitably, one sides with the Federation and one sides with the Klingons, uh, and they were poised to like have Elas side with the Klingons because they've got all those shiny crystals. So many shiny crystals, and I mean, from the outside, they seem much less likely to be open to the Federation style of diplomacy and ally. <laughs> I thought the Troyans had the crystals. That's the green guys. That's where the necklace came from. Was the necklace? Yeah, the necklace from... was the gift. The Colgate family? Yeah. Maybe the whole system is full of them. Because she's also like, oh yeah, these are common rocks. I think maybe both of their planets. I think maybe. Yeah, that would make more sense. Anyways. Anyway. Space capitalism, guys. Yeah. Yeah. The best part is that the Colgate family is like, for fucking get it. Yeah. Like, no thank you. There's going to be no wedding. You're going to have to take over. And Kirk's like, oh. Oh. Yeah. He goes into her chambers where she is eating gross green chicken that was deeply, deeply resonant of the scene in Return of the King where yeah. the steward of Gondor is eating tomatoes. Oh, and the, the disgusting the close up of the fit. Yeah. yeah. I have never seen someone eat tomatoes so disgustingly. It's not hard. Just pop the whole goddamn thing in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Like, who it, raised you? I don't know. This, yeah. But yeah, but the thing the thing that happens before we get to the terrible eating scene is that Chapel talks oh, to no, the ambassador yes. and it's like, why are men so attracted to these women if they're so awful? Magic tears. Oh yeah, they got magic tears. <laughs> yeah. Should we maybe make sure that no one she doesn't like cry on anyone? No. No, I'm, it'll, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Why would you cry? And the thing is, it's not like they could have interpreted this as like, oh, well, they were just, you know, making a metaphor for her <laughs> vagina. No, no. He's like, no, Why no. would your vagina be weeping? Well, I don't know. Like, you if, know. If your vagina is weeping, Her irresistible, you know, feminine, feminine charms. Wild. Her feminine like, mystique, like, if you will. No, no, no. Literally, biochemically, it's an aphrodisiac. Oh. 
And it's not like Chapel is the only person in the room when he says this. No, they're all standing there. They're all standing right there. But apparently, when we find out later, the only one who's actually listening to him was Chapel. Oh, well, glad we keep her around for something. Yeah, except it's too late because no one listens to her. She's disgustingly eating the grossest green chicken that has ever been. And so Kirk is like, so what was all that about? And she's like, well, he was in my room without permission. So I stabbed him. Which, oh, he's still alive? Huh. Which, to be fair, if you do find a man in your room that you have not invited, you can probably no, stab no, him. No, by law, no. In no. some situations. Not, not in this country. <laughs> no. Uh, no. The other thing that's gross about her eating here is that she's just grabbing food off of plates and slapping it around. Yes. And just basically making a mess on the Too table. Too yes. the fact that she has no table manners. Um, which is apparently the first thing Kirk decides to teach her because... Because he's I... in the production of My Fair Lady in space. Yeah. Which, fine. As a trope, I don't mind this. And I guess Earth table manners are exactly the same as Trine ones. Because sure. there's a plate, a fork, a knife, and a spoon. She could be eating as politely as her culture allows. We don't know. We know nothing about these people. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> she keeps saying that those guys are disgusting. And Kirk's like, but prejudices disappear when you get to know each other. Yeah. There is some great moments in here. Both because Shatner and her do have chemistry. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Her and Franz. Him and Franz. And they've got some really good comedic back and forth. The two of them. Especially Um, when they start slapping each other around and yelling. Yeah, he starts calling her a vicious child. She slaps him, like, wallops him across the face. And then he slaps her. Yeah. Kirk does a lot of lady slapping in this season. Yeah. And she punctuates the argument by throwing a knife at him. Again, I'm into that. Yeah. I... That's fine. That's fine. Um... We're back to plastic skirt. Oh, yes. Because apparently her guards can just fucking wander around engineering without being challenged by security at the door. Also, one of them is a mad engineering genius because he goes into the. Again, no one is supervised. He's just fiddling with stuff. He kills a guy. He. Yeah. He walks into engineering. He is fiddling around, as we said, around equipment that he does. Not know whether we'll make him sterile or not, but apparently not. Apparently he does know. The guy comes over to say like, hey, what the? He He takes his hands and pokes him in the eyeballs. The red shirt immediately crumples into a sack of flour like he was shot. Well, they're very fragile red shirts. (laughs) They're very fragile eyeballs. That's also true. Yeah, but you don't die. No. You don't die. Anyway, he does something to the dilithium crystals. Also, at some point, Kirk, in here, Kirk tries hailing the Klingons. Yeah. But that yeah, doesn't work. That goes no, about as well cares. as you might expect. Um, in fairness, the crew actually reacts to this pretty straightforwardly because um, they try and stop Kirk from getting back into her room, and then they attack Kirk, and Spock, who's hiding around the corner, stuns Shoots them. Shoots them. Again, on... Oh, okay, I'll stun them. Fine. In terms of, like, who had to write up this diplomatic report? I think everyone on board is getting a D minus. Oh yeah. So um, but then he one of them got the stabbed. Brig. You guys got sent to the brig and then stunned. And the ambassador, high ranking ambassador, lady ambassador from the other planet, was slapped around a bit. And then you slept with her. <laughs> yeah. This what? is the kind of thing that I feel like they should have warned them about on their important top secret mission. Like, um, don't let them cry on you. They all carry knives at all times. I've don't never let been them part cry of the on foreign you. service, but I'm pretty sure right up there on the list of do not do is shoot them, throw them in your jail, and have sex with them. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they're on their way to their wedding. Although yeah. I think in the real world they would have given you a list of, like, warnings. Like, things that might cause a diplomatic incident. Like, cultural differences and magic tears. Like having sex with them before their wedding day? Or that. Awkward. Very awkward. Well, I did not get the impression from what little we see of uh, Elysian culture that they're really all that Im- interested in, like, premarital purity. So, there's that. Yeah. I guess that's one thing going for them. Yeah. Here's where... <laughs> here's where the bad It all goes happens. bad. Worse. 
Yeah, it's great. She, there's a bit of, like, sass back and forth. He wrestles her to the bed. Oh, God, this was so terrible. To get the knife out of her hand. Yeah, fair. And she's like, the penalty for touching me is death. She Because it always is. She sure. runs and locks herself in the other room. Like, in the bathroom. To get away from Kirk. Yeah, she I locks assume... herself in the bathroom, the Shining style. See, now, in hindsight, I assume she was, like, holding her eyes open and, like, fanning around to them so that she would start crying. No! <laughs> Some guy just busted into her quarters and wrestled her to the bed. She went and Some hid. guy... It's her manners teacher. She has not really seemed likely to burst into tears over this sort of thing, at least not so far in this episode. But when she comes out again, there are magic tears coming down her face, which sparkle. <laughs> no. This Literally also, sparkle. This is also where Kirk threatens to spank her. Yes. yes. Well, she's hiding Let's not gloss room. over that. Um, and then because no one bothered to forewarn him about something that could potentially cause a huge diplomatic incident, he wipes her tears away with his naked skin. And now he's infected by magic love tears. Mm-hmm. Magic love tears. From their teaching, they take a short recess to make out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kirk's lips are literally going to start a war this time. Her parting line before, I think, commercial break is, tell me more about spanking. No! Which, <laughs> which you know for sure tells us a lot about John Shapukas. <laughs> Oof. Oof. So, we get the backstory about... Oh, right, they catch the guy who sabotaged the engines, and Kirk calls Spock to mind-meld him because he's not answering questions, so he disintegrates himself. Yeah. Before that, it's definitely clear that him and the princess had sex. Not even just sex. They had sex in a horror's bed. Yeah. Like... She's gonna be Bro. <laughs> Not yeah. cool, man. Again, in terms of the HR report, <laughs> that I'm is gonna be a toughie. Really hope Kirk at least offered to wash the sheets himself. Ugh. I feel like there must be some kind of automatic process Who's, to do that. Yeah, the like what is the janitorial staff like? I feel like there's probably just machines for this stuff. Will it get them ever clean enough? <laughs> no. Ahura should just burn her quarters down, honestly. <laughs> and move. Uh, we find out that Crichton was from an old... Like, he wanted to marry her. Um, and then we find out that, oh yeah, he had a Klingon transmitter. He's definitely the one that called the Klingons down on us. Oh dear, he's a traitor. <laughs> Whoops. She tries a little power play on Kirk, which, again, leads me to believe that she's thinking long term, which good for her. She's like... Well, we should welcome the help of the Klingons. Yeah. Why? Like, you wouldn't give me to another man, would you? And Kirk says, in not a Uh, solid line of dialogue, you belong to me. You belong to him. What happened was a mistake. And then she lays out her plan, which is like, hmm, counter offer. I really like your big giant ship. I suggest you use that ship to destroy the cold gate assholes on that planet. And uh, then there's no marriage. You get to keep me. And then you can be king of the system. Mm-hmm. Deal, deal. Point of order here. Yes, Kim. She's in a new outfit. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yes, she is wearing a sparkly orange halter top dress that's mm. got like a waistline under her thing. And it's sort of backless. And to be quite honest... It would not be out of place on a red carpet anywhere today. No, no I think this was the most normal of all of them. It was very simple. It was very classic. It was very post-coital. Let me slip into something more comfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Karina. I ruined the dress for you. Oh. But no, it was... It, she wears it for a little while, and it was... It was it was fine. It was really pretty. It was very simple. And literally, I think I've seen dresses yeah. similar mm-hmm. on red carpets. Good color. Good yeah. color. Very good color. Oh, sparkly good orange. Color. Sparkly orange, very Spark- yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Kirk starts to, I think at this point, starts to realize that something is amiss. This is great, because when she when she lays out her plan, he's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, we could discuss that, but we could also make out. Which is when Spock and Bones walk in. It's super awkward. It's so awkward. He has to clear his throat, like, five times. Yep. And... Uh, Bones is like, uh, could we have, like, a Um. moment outside? (laughs) And Kirk goes like, you lie, 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 stop. Stop. (laughs) 
Why do you do this? Why? You know it drives us crazy. Bones obviously already knows that he's been cheer whammy. Yeah, obviously. Oh, shit. He says the word super love potion, which which definitely would be the name of my Star Trek manga crossover. (laughs) And it doesn't wear off. And there's no anecdote. Antidote. Oh, yeah, fuck. (laughs) I have the hardest. I, like, for minutes after he said that, I'm like, how do I spell that? And I think I did settle on anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense for antidote. Um, No one questions whether Kirk should still be in charge, though. No, apparently this is no big deal, even though the Klingon ship is charging at them. So, this... Took a really long time to see something this really simple. This took years. So I'm just going to oh sum it up real fast. So yes. um, they can't go to warp. They can't really maneuver very quickly because the warp engines They're are a sitting duck. The Klingons are attacking. And the Klingons are swooping at them. And Kirk figures out they're trying to force them to jump into warp. But Scotty tells them if we jump into warp, the ship will blow up. Good. Fine. So they're just trying to right. destroy the Enterprise. Great. Done. She shows up on the bridge. Is she, she distracted. Is she in a different outfit this time? No, not yet. Not okay, yet, I'll, I'll wait for I'll wait for it. She shows off, and Kirk is like, Kirk, no, Spock is finally like, does she need to be here? Yeah. And Kirk is like, shut your... Oh. <laughs> Awkward <laughs> moment. And says, go to sickbay, it's the safest place in the ship. Question mark. No, it's really not. Bones is a terrible doctor. <laughs> I think he meant structurally, but your point is well taken. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in the turbo lift, he sort of drags her off the bridge, and she's like, well, why didn't you just follow them and kill them? Because they sort of fight off the Klingons. I can't remember how, but it's not important. Not and they sort of, they limp all. away. They dodge to and the Kirk's right. And Kirk's like, look, if dodge I can get out of a situation by turning tail and running, that's what I'm going to fucking do. She says that she loves him. Does she? No. She's, she says, no. she calls him my love. I don't know if she actually says, I love you. Well, in my notes, I have it as, I love you. I've chosen you. I believe I've chosen you. <laughs> Screw the mission. Let's do the horizontal mumbo. Yeah. And, and here's where she keeps, like, digging in. Like, you want to see me wearing that wedding dress of another man? Are you happy about this? Which it started feeling like the weird soap operas I used to watch when I was sick in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyone calling anyone my love is also very gross. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah, it's not okay. At all. At all. So. Although, that is what Joey does call Pacey in Dawson's Creek right before she bangs him for the first time. Ew. Yeah, it actually goes kind of not great. See? They were at a ski trip. Ew. Sorry. So, Flash, I'm having the Dawson's... The ski trip being the grossest part of that. I'm having Dawson's Creek flashbacks all of a sudden. So, Ooh. in sick bay. This is great. Um... The ambassador, Petri Dish, is like, look, there's a very good chance we're all about to die, but just on the off chance, do you think maybe you've, like, realized that there's some shit at stake and you could symbolically accept our magic necklace? (laughs) And apparently she does. It's actually a good speech. Yeah. Could you accept this necklace as a sign of respect and the desperate wishes of your people for peace? And mine. Yeah. (laughs) Like, God, just Put on why the necklace. Didn't, why didn't you pull pull out this shit earlier, man? Well, because they weren't about to die. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Klingons sort of corner them, and they're like, "Be boarded or be destroyed." So unconditional surrender, or we're going to destroy you. At which point, Kim, take it away. She's back on the bridge in a final outfit. <laughs> it's her. It's very regal. It's a sparkly blue floor length dress mm-hmm. with a V. Sort of a V-dip belt going on that kind of was sort of medieval-ish mm-hmm. in ex- execution. She's got her arm dagger on, and she's wearing the fucking ugliest necklace ever to exist. <laughs> it is an incredibly ugly necklace. It's like the grossest rock. It's it's like a it's like got these like three or four. It's got like I think at least three or four giant hunks of crystal hanging. It's off like of a it. caveman yeah. necklace. Yeah. Her dress is for sure, like, open down the entire right, side. which you don't see right away until the ship starts getting fired oh, on, like, yeah. shaking back that. and forth. There's yeah. no side. Yeah. It's just belts. You don't see oh it right away God. because she's facing the camera, and then, like, halfway through the last battle, she sort of stumbles against a wall and turns toward turns to her to the side, side, and you're and like, I'm like oh, oh, there's no side. Oh, I, I completely missed that. The yeah. costuming department strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Also, while... Like, I said, wow, no sides. Didn't expect that, says my notes. Um... 
There's a lot of nonsense about how they can't do evasive maneuvers at impulse. Who cares? Which is stupid because you couldn't do that shit at warp, but whatever. Um, yeah, they don't seem to understand the difference between, like, impulse and warp in this, where impulse no, is just really slow and warp is, like, kind of jogging. But you don't do you do not do battle maneuvers at light speed, so it's total no. nonsense. But I'm just Unless you're doing the Picard up. maneuver. That's different. That's different. Oh, okay. um, But I'm just talking this after they haven't really nailed down the internal mythology on this yet. No. Um, there's, like... Uh, oh, I do want to note at this point, we have a Lady Helmsman. Oh, Like really? a dedicated Lady Helmsman in pants, so that's great. Are you, Are you sure, sure that was a Chekhov? No, che- no. It was Chekhov. Nope, there's a lady at the helm. Chekhov was at the helm. Well, then she's at Sulu Station, but there's Sulu definitely... Sulu was also at the nope, helm. Nope, not during the scene. Yes, he nope, was. Not during the, not guys, during the entire guys, scene. Guys, here's the thing. We're never going to go back and watch this episode <laughs> to check, so let's just say you're both right. I'm assuming that maybe it was edited in the middle, but at one point there's a lady with like this amazing blonde coif sitting at one of the helm stations. Sure. This anyway. is all very stupid and very long, but it all culminates in the fact that Kirk says, All tubes to bear. <laughs> you really enjoyed that, didn't you? Just... And the only reason they can do this, of course, Jeez. is because they figure out that her, neck- her ugly necklace is made of dilithium crystals. They take them down and plug them into the warp drive. And then they lie and play dead as the Klingons charge them again so they can surprise them. Ah, who cares? It's not. All of this stuff about, like, the setup with the Klingons and moving back and forth is so long. It is very long. And boring. So, by the Netflix counter, that should have lasted nine minutes, but I'm pretty sure it was a solid 15 minutes of the most boring space battle of all time. It stretched out over such a long period. You sat down and said, I have five minutes left to watch... And then, I swear to God, it was an entire episode of Bones later that you finished watching this thing. Exactly. Time moves differently. Oh my God, it was so bad. (laughs) Okay, the last moment of this is they kind of let the Klingons limp away, and she turns to him and is like, well, why don't you kill them? Like, finish them off. And he's like, no. And the music would have me assume she's pissed by this response. She seemed, yeah, like, scornful about it. Yeah. Which, I mean, from what little we get of their culture actually kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think she's, like, she does have this realization. It's like, oh, this is very different. Fine. She's leaving. She's like, last chance, last chance, last chance. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, leaves she, him her knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leaves him her knife that she stabbed the ambassador with. Let's well, not gloss. Be fair, she is leaving it with him because she won't need to stab anybody where she's going. Well, no, she's learned a valuable it's lesson. Because stabbing people is frowned upon on Troy. <laughs> so, not, not because she won't need to. So, in many ways, Kirk is a great teacher. Yeah. And sure. she's like, Remember me? And he's like, Yeah, I, I don't really I don't have, have a choice. choice. You and cried she says, on me. Neither do I. I have only responsibilities and obligation. And I'm like, If you just kept that at like, the forefront of your mind earlier, there could have been a lot less stabbing. In this episode. Poor Kirk. Yeah. Because he doesn't want any of these feelings. I don't even think he really wanted to have sex with her. No. no. So here's the really Ugh. stupid thing. Yeah. At the Ugh. end of the episode, yeah. our, in the place of where our quip-off normally is, Bones comes running onto the bridge. He's like, I found it. I found the cure. And Spock's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and Bones is like, what the fuck are you talking about? He can't cure himself. And Spock's like, it's fine. He already loves the Enterprise. <laughs> The enter- the Starship Enterprise infected him long ago, and yeah. there's no cure for the Enterprise. So does that mean they don't actually give him the cure? Because no. that seems incredibly unwise. They should give him the they cure. They should give him the no. cure. They, they, uh, no, no, no. Because, again, going back to my thesis statement, he is already so deeply in love with the Enterprise that her tears are just kind of working on more of his libido than his brain. There's also the possibility that, like, I don't think a human's ever been affected by a lesion lady tears before, so it's possible that the reason he's, another reason apart from his deep and abiding, unbreakable love for the Enterprise... Disagree! ...is that humans are just slightly more resistant no and my head cannons are unreasonable i don't think it's unreasonable yours is crazy it's because he loves the enterprise so much and that's yeah. why he's special and that's why she's into him love does change your mental chemistry but i don't think it changes it that much two deaths <laughs> a red shirt and oh. um and um uh, uh michael crichton. crichton michael crichton yeah author of jurassic park and the andromeda strain yeah except not also time timeline Oh, I haven't read Timeline. Timeline is definitely my favorite. The movie that they made out of it is... Bananas. I heard it's bananas. <laughs> it's like, they're like, hey guys, 
here's like a giant bag of millions of dollars. Feel free to improvise this entire movie. (laughs) Paul Walker's in that, right? Yeah. Paul Walker, not one of nature's more talented improvisers. (laughs) Uh, David Thalwis is also in it. Really? Gerard Butler is in it. Holy shit, this is getting better and better. This film. You need to watch this movie. Also, I think it's like filmed in like Chuckles. The Czech Republic back in the day because it's like all oh, so great. Amazing. We have uh, six ladies and six people of color. There were like I noticed a couple of background ladies, and mm-hmm. I felt like Gohora had some good moments of being like, "What does that bitch find wrong with my bedroom?" Yeah, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah, which was great. Um, life lesson from this, Kim. Stab to kill. I don't know. I didn't come up with a life lesson from this one, so. I feel like that would have resulted in the death of millions. Uh, fine. Come back to me. I'll fix, think of something better. Okay. Uh, Ari? I'm going to quote the Queen of France and Ever After. Sure. Being born to privilege comes with specific obligations. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Basically, yes. Huh. Uh, I'm going to go with always make sure your dresses have sides. <laughs> and that, you know, decorative pillows actually do serve a purpose. Come you can it. use them to balance things on, mm-hmm. like newspapers, books, and or bowls of soup. Comfort. Uh, comfort. You can use them as projectile weapons. Um, you can also use them to prop your neck up like a pillow. Mm-hmm. You know. For pillow reasons. For pillow reasons. <laughs> so they're not just female flipperies. They have a goddamn purpose. Respect pillows. This episode is brought to you by Pillow Manufacturers, Inc. (laughs) 